Hello and welcome to an off-season edition of us talking baseball or something like that. And uh, Sam, are you there? Yeah, I am. I'm ready okay. to talk baseball. Sam is here to talk about baseball. Uh, yeah, so we're we're in actually in the off season now, properly in the off season. It's been like almost a month since there was any um, Major League Baseball played, and since our last podcast, in fact. Yeah, which is we we said in the last one actually because we managed to actually um, we basically ran out of time, didn't we? We were just going on too much. We said we might do one immediately afterwards. Um, or like soon after, but we didn't. Um, and we haven't missed anything. The nature of no. the baseball's off-season is we haven't yeah. really missed anything. Particularly now, it seems everything's... Um, the last couple of years, it's shifted to being a lot later where everything happens, isn't it? Um, which yeah. seems like it's probably going to be that way this year, apart from a couple of things that have happened already. Um, Grandal, obviously signing and the Braves just signing loads of relief pitches pretty much yeah it's only the White Sox and Braves that have signed anyone um, the White Sox also tied up um, Jose Abreu yeah yeah I, it, it, did he, did he um, reject his qualifying offer then I think didn't he uh, I can't remember but they because there wasn't only the other day they'd signed a, some sort of contract yeah so that I well, that must got, mean it. It was a th- it's like a a four year deal. Yeah, so he must have rejected his um. Uh, I know it's a qualifying. It's a three year deal. Three-year that was the interesting deal, thing with Will Smith actually, wasn't it? It's um probably maybe the second biggest, second or third biggest signing so far this off season. Um, Will Smith signing for the Braves. Is it that was an interesting thing with the whole qualifying off stuff, and I feel like for a while, to be honest, they've um, players really, the players' side of it, they've sort of not caught up. It's taken them a long time to catch up with the um, when they since they brought qualifying offers in, and I feel like that was his agent did a very good job there. Basically, actually did something sensible. Abreu accepted it, by the way. It was Abreu it? and Jake Odorizzi accepted what? them, and then Abreu extension. Yeah, I suspect he signed the qualifying offer, knowing an extension was coming. Oh, right, so that so they probably used it. They, maybe they used it like Will Smith's agent did, which is whereas yeah. before, the reason a lot of um well, there's a lot of people that say it's, it was it's stupid and just get rid of it, and it's partly why like the market's changed so much, um, and it's a lot slower. Is people before basically players have just viewed it as like it hanging around their neck really. And it, yeah, um, but really, what the point of it is is it's it's an incentive um, for like star players to stay with their own team more, and that is and it's sort of what um, well Will Smith didn't, but basically they've actually managed to use it as leverage rather than it just being you know a, a dampener on their market value, which is usually what it's been. Yeah, and I think there's well, there's one player that I think we should come on to in a bit who I think is going to be really interesting to see how it impacts him. Um, there's there's that mid range, isn't it? Is is the mid level player where 
they've got a dilemma about whether to take yeah. it. Um, because obviously the top guys, like, you don't really care about a draft pick if you're going to give yeah. Garrett Cole $250 million. But there are a few... I, I don't think there are actually that many this year in that bracket. Yeah. Um, like, you look you look at the ones who've turned it down. We've got... Um, it's Rendon Donaldson. Obviously, that doesn't matter. Azuna, come on to him later. Uh, Cole, Strasburg, Wheeler, Bumgarner. They're all the guys who turned it down. Yeah, Wheeler, I don't th- Wheeler turning it down is... Maybe Bumgarner a bit as well. Um, those two yeah. out of that group are probably the... Um, whereas it m- that may have been made more sense to accept it. I mean, Wheeler particularly. I, but I think he's... I don't know, because I think he's going to get more money guaranteed than the qualifying offer is. Yeah, but the thing is, is that it's... You, what I f- feel like more players should start doing and what they should have done already is... Because it's only one year... You can basically accept it for one year and then go back into the market next year, particularly for guys that are youngish like Wheeler. He's like, 30. No, okay. I guess he's not. I thought it just seems I, to be I'm known surprised as, to see that. He seems to be known as like a promising like young pitcher, but I guess he's not really. But um, My concern with Wheeler would be he's only actually played five seasons. He's only got 126 yeah. major league starts. Health-wise, it's like he takes a qualifying offer, is injured yeah. all next year. I, I think, I, I guess he's a starting pitcher, so maybe he's, I mean, their value is usually quite high anyway. But I mean, you know, 18 million for like one year for a player like Wheeler, I feel like it's, it's sort of a good deal. And he's probably, I wouldn't have thought he's going to get that much more guaranteed. And if he does, it'll be a lot lower. Um Oh yeah, the AAV will be way lower. Yeah. So I mean, it's p- players like that, I feel like they should just accept it because also what it does, you're talking about, it doesn't matter when you're signing like Garrett Cole for loads of money and he's going to change your franchise and stuff, um, giving away the draft pick. For the teams, well, it's not necessarily the teams, but just anyone that's going to be signing Zach Wheeler, for example. Um, I mean, he's just like a complimentary piece in your rotation, isn't he, really, if you're trying to compete. If you're um, going to be good, yeah. yeah, And the fact you have to give up a draft pick for that is going to hurt what people are going to want to offer him money-wise as well, a lot. Like, basically how much they're valuing that draft pick. Um, and they and they value them a lot. That's, that's what I mean. Because the thing that people have, I feel like players and agents have not, it's taken them a long time to pick up on, is the part of the rule where it's, that you can only um, get given one qualifying offer for your whole career. So as we're now a bit deeper into it, you're getting some players coming to free agency again that may may well have been given qualifying offers before, but because they've already had one, they can't be given them. And it's going to start happening more and more. But So if you just accept it, you accept it one time, particularly when it's like a really good good value for one year for you, you you're not going to have it hang over you the next year and you're just a free agent a year later well, instead. That's high in Jin Ryu, isn't automatic it? Automatic 18 million. He, he took it yeah. last year and then had yeah. that stonking first exactly. half of the season. His well, free agency is going to be an example of it. But he's also 33, and his second half of last year wasn't good. No. So I'm, it's going to be fascinating to see what actually happens with him because he had um, health issues as well, didn't he? He only started yeah. 29 games, um, and he's after being ridiculous in the first half, he wasn't quite as good. Um, and he's in his mid-30s now. 
Yeah, and it, yeah, he's and it's like almost one year, really, isn't it? Before he's not been anywhere near that level. No. The starting pitching market, though, is actually looking quite good, isn't it? Quite interesting. Well, Cole Hamels is apparently... There have been a few rumours about Cole Hamels getting a lot of interest. Like, even Tanner yeah. Roark, who had a really nice year last year. Um, the further down you get, they're, like, solid arms to fill out a rotation. I'm, oh. in, the, I'm in the process of writing something about Dallas Keiko, in fact. Just, just, just found it really fun. I'm just looking down the... Um free agent pitchers list on a baseball reference and the 12th best free agent pitcher is apparently Brian Dozier and the 15th is Jed Jerko that seems unlikely <laughs> with uh, Brian Dozier was 18 ERA last year yeah that, that's with, not great is one it I, I think there are more people who are better than him <laughs> no, it's just, they're going to have to adapt their um whatever they do for this list. They're going to have to adapt the code slightly since uh, position players are now pitching like every other day. Yeah, it's, it's not such a freak occurrence anymore. Yeah. So, I, th I think the pitching market is going to be... I mean, the Cole and Strasbourg stuff gets loads of attention, but in a way, I find that less interesting because, you know, it's just superstars getting huge amounts of money. They're a very obvious difference maker, but often what what sets a front office apart from another a we an inferior front office is which of like the the yeah. the the veterans that are just either coming off a good year or not coming off a good year do they pick up and then get that last little bit out of yeah so like Michael Pineda here Kyle that's, Gibson Cole Hamels yeah for, for who a gets value point of view, that's how you have a good free agency I think isn't it. Yeah, because obviously it's the, a good free agent. It's the complimentary guys. Yeah, you ping up one of the big guys. Yeah, that's that's an obvious move, and it's obviously a, a, it's a good move, but it's like an obvious move. It's like you can't really give that much credit to the front office for uh, saying, "I know what, let's sign Garrett Cole." Yeah, it's like, well, well done, mate. Yes, congrats, you're a genius. That's, that's not it, is it? That doesn't no. You, that's not good baseballing. That's that's just having a huge pile of money. Not to mention that you're not even competing with most of MLB for Garrett Cole because so many teams are just not giving out that contract. How yeah. many teams are realistically in play for him? Like 10, maybe? Have you heard anything about Rich Hill, by the way? Um, I read an article on MLB that included him in the list of of um, undervalued free agents. So, But he is actually going to be playing next year. Yeah, but oh, more... he's, he's he's silly, isn't he? I yeah, mean, he's not he's he... not that good. But I was just wondering whether he's actually actually a valid free agent because he's like forty. But I mean... he's he's one I could see going to one of the small market clever teams, and they yeah. might even perfect use him... for someone like the Rays, wouldn't he? They might even use him as a bridge guy. Yeah, like don't we we know that you fall apart if you try and throw five innings, so don't we're going to have an open and throw a million miles an hour for two innings and then you're going to do three yeah. but you're just going to throw curveballs and no one's going to hit them from yeah from watching him quite a few times he's one of the perfect examples i think of um two times through the lineup he's brilliant third time he's, he's just pointless yeah well brilliant. he's not got he's basically he's not two got the... pitch he's a two pitch pitcher and he's not got big velocity yeah yeah it's not going to yeah. work is it so He's one. That's the sort of guy that you think maybe someone picks him up. 
and uses him in a different way or just really monitors him carefully somehow gets like 140 innings out of him yeah and it really moves the needle for your team yeah um, it won't be it won't be a big expensive acquisition but that's yeah that's the sort of thing i mean pitcher, teams, that's like he's perfect for i think picture ver- picture performance is so variable like you load down this list and you've got like Derek Holland, who the year before last was solid. Trevor Cahill, year before last was solid. Those two, because I'm looking at the thing ranked by 2019 WAR, they're almost at the bottom of the list here. Oh, right. Like, there's not, there's nothing to say that those two don't come and give a good year for someone as a like fifth slash sixth starter, and that makes a real difference. That earns people you, like, like people like Alex Wood. Yeah, that was another one. I just thought he's only 29. Alex Wood, Wade Miley, like those guys who a couple of years ago were like really really good and have had are very up and down careers really yeah it's like you know, if, can, if you... can someone pick them up and i'm um... not sure if it's luck coaching or judgment or maybe a combination but like these guys have been up and down you either get them and they happen to be good or maybe you get them and you tweak something that means that they're good for you when they weren't good last year but that is really what makes the difference aside from you know maybe someone gets cole strasberg ryu and wheeler yeah and then yes suddenly you've got a good rotation like that in a way that free agency stuff doesn't interest me that much because like we just said it's sort of just it's like the premier league basically then yeah it's it's one of the things i really like about american sports is it's not like the premier league it's not it's not we could sort of do with could sort of do the backup winger i know we'll buy riyad mares like that that, yeah that stuff isn't fascinating really because it's not about they're not about finding value. It's about having a huge, although, huge pot money. Although that's basically what the Yankees are like, isn't it? The Yankees basically play a different game. Well, they could do. There's talk they might do that this year, but they haven't. They didn't do it last no. year, did they? They they held back. Um, should we move on to some individual players? Should we should we touch on Grandal first because that was yeah, that's a pretty big move, actual done move that, that could be one of the biggest. And most significant of the whole off season, to be honest, even with the other guys on table, because I mean we've been saying for a while, haven't we? Actually, how like for like, a couple of years, he's actually very underrated. Feels like, yeah, he's based. I think he's he's probably been like top top three like last couple of years, and even longer, he's probably been like around a top five catcher in the league. He's like an elite framer like pretty good at everything else defensively and also like one of the best offensive catches yeah in the, the only th- I mean, it's very very he, solid is i think is is a very good move from them the only thing i was very surprised by was the four-year deal uh, yeah that is, that is um, i i didn't see that coming because four-year deals have been extremely rare um in general the last couple of winters yeah. let alone for a 31 year old catcher and the White Sox of all teams to give out a four-year deal that I, I don't mind it. Like I said, yeah, I'm and, massive and also, fan of Grandal, but also just given the long deal to um, Abreu as well. Yeah, like the combination yeah. of both those things is like, yeah. I, I guess, well, I guess maybe if Grandal in a couple of years could play first and uh, Abreu could DH or something, but like that's, but then it, then that's two that... spots in your lineup that are completely solid when they've got all these other young guys coming through. Well, what hurts with that as well, and this is one thing I was considering when I was writing something up about that situation the other day, was that sort of makes sense. But the trouble you've got is, 
Eloy Jimenez may well turn into a DH. Yeah. You just, you seem to have lacked, there's a chance, like you said, that seems like a natural progression. At least Grandal, his rest days may be at first or at DH. But you've just then got this thing where they're like the two main offensive positions are taken up by guys who could well be like deep yeah. into their mid 30s. Yeah, I, I think probably they, I reckon they probably had to give that, they had to give him that to get him. Yeah. Because there would have been a lot of interest in him because he's that good. And I'm amazed he signed so early because he was yeah. one that hung around last year, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, maybe that's why he did did um, go early. Like As soon as he started getting offers, he was like, let's get this over and done with. Um, yeah. And also, yeah, I think that's almost, it's all mainly a signing for like this year almost. Well, the next couple, but it's basically a statement, isn't it? I think they're, they're hoping to actually be good this year, finally. Well, I mean, the, the, the signs, the signs are very it, good, don't they? They keep getting closer. They've got like, Kopech back this year. Luis yeah. Robert is coming up. Nick Madrigal is not far away. Eloy Jimenez actually started hitting. Johan Moncada yeah, was yeah. playing like a legitimate superstar last season. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they've got Lucas Giolito who broke out in a massive way as well. Yeah. And, well, they've got guys like... Um... Rodone, I don't know when Rodone's back, but he um he was pitching really well for like the first two or three months of the season, I think, and then got um an injury. Yeah, you, yeah, you feel like it's, it's a matter of time, really, because just on having that weight of talent, just having so yeah. much talent in the organization from the rebuild, and then you add Grandal. I mean, having an elite framer with these young pitchers is an underrated. That's that's their Cuban core. Well. Yeah, as well. They've got like a pretty solid Cuban core now in that in that team. Yeah, they basically yeah signing Grandal is good. Surprised by the length of it. Um, do you have any more to say on Grandal? Um, no, just these better than JT Romuto. Probably. Yeah, that's, that's a given. Maybe, a given. Or maybe given not. The... He might not be better, but he's like he's close enough. The, it doesn't make the, a difference. I think the hype that you hear in general about both of them over the last couple of years um it's it's basically yeah they're, they're almost neck and neck I'd, I'd put them yeah i think that's fair <laughs> um so moving on i would like to talk about marcelo zuna as i mentioned earlier because i think he's in a really interesting spot um he another guy who turned down the qualifying offer he had that big year where he broke out in 2017 got traded he's been just about over league average offensively the last two seasons and his outs above average are abysmal yeah he's he's become very suddenly a bad defender he's become basically a dh and his offensive output is not of a dh it's quite bizarre isn't it that this because he was oh he's like gold glove wasn't he yeah he won the gold gold glove but like for like the couple of years before that, I think he was almost like a defensive specialist. Well, not quite. I mean, he was he was still pretty good defensively, but he hadn't exactly broken out in a massive way offensively. No. Um, like the, the couple of years prior to that, but was like a, just a solid defender. Um, yeah, and now that's just fallen off a cliff completely, which I think... I mean, that is the reason why people stopped giving out long contracts, isn't it? And why? Well, he was been... a centre fielder. He was a centre fielder. Yeah, for, I, that's what I mean. I didn't realise like, just how much he played in centre field. He was actually he's... like 
He's the guy you'd expect least for that to happen when he's like 29. You know, yeah. one of the guys you'd expect that to happen to least. And it basically, it's, it, you know, it, it does happen. They just come out of nowhere re- where guys just suddenly are not good at fielding the ball anymore. I didn't realise. Um, well, he had some injuries, didn't he? I think that was part yeah. of it. I didn't realise he was a Boras client, which actually adds to what I was going to say about one, if I was him, I might have taken the qualifying offer. At least to make it so, yeah. You someone might if you have a big offensive year, he suddenly is like a, at least a DH. Because right now I look at this and it's like, well, you add the Boras thing of he's going to wait, and I'm not sure what he's going to be waiting for. Because if I'm a National League team and I look at that defense, I'm not signing You're him. Not giving a long term deal, are you? No, I'm, I might I might go one genuinely and, any and longer you, than that. And if, because he, if he's scary. getting a one year deal, he's probably not getting. No, he's, he's not getting he's not getting more. He's definitely he's not getting much more. Anyway, probably. So Josh Donald Josh Donaldson got twenty three like over one last 15. year. Donaldson got twenty three over one last year, but these yeah. are not comparable players. He's not going to get that. I think you'd be looking at like fifteen and one. Yeah. If Would I'm you... a National League team, that's as high as I'd feel comfortable with. And an American League team, maybe you could go to two or three because you feel like you could DH him. But he's not producing at a DH level, is he? No. You, if He's, you were signing him, like this guy might not be an yeah. outfielder in six months' time, what do you do with him? For for uh, compared to where he was a couple of years ago when the Cardinals traded for him, it looked like that was going to be he was going to be one of the really top free agents, um, potentially. But it's basically what his market is now, like the sort of player he now is really, like seventeen, eighteen million, whatever it is, the qualifying off over one year. As I said earlier, that's that's a very good deal. He should should have taken it. Well, I think yeah, he, he should have, have taken the opportunity it. Opportunity to if... to prove that you're worth like the big long term deal because people don't give out the long term deals for guys that aren't like really just truly elite anymore. Yeah, either what he'd need to do in 2020 if he'd taken the, the qualifying offer was have an offensive year like he had at the Marlins, and then he suddenly is a DH candidate, and just people are like, well, you pay for that bat, don't you? Yeah. You pay for the bat and then you figure it out later. Or he has to show he can defend still. And then he's a above league average hitter who's a solid corner defender and you get yeah. the contract. Which you get two or three years. Yeah. But at the moment, I'm, I'm actually a bit worried for what happens with him here. because Particularly now I've found out his Boras client. He's just going to wait, isn't he? And I don't know what he's going to be yeah, waiting for. It's going to be like the, well, like the Kimbrell situation maybe, or maybe not quite that extreme, but you know. It might be. It's happened a few times over the last couple of years, hasn't it? Yeah, well, with, Keiko, um, like the qualifying well. stuff. Players that have mo- have most of them been players that have bit off a qualifying offers. Which K- Kimber was under a qualifying offer, was he? Yeah, yeah. And there's obviously like the um, was it? Maybe it was only the second year of qualifying offers, the Mark Trumbo one. Yeah, which I always remember. There's quite a few instances of this, and I think most of them were Boris clients. Boris. Well, I mean, he's, he he seems like he's yeah, just incredibly stubborn. Let's, he's just gonna... let's not go anywhere near Boris. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, well, Nicholas stick. Castellanos, who I was about to use the comparison for Zuna, he doesn't have a qualifying offer. He has the same concerns about whether he can actually play the field, basically, at all. But he is, over four years, he is a way, way better hitter than Azuna. He's not had the same high that Azuna had in his final year with the Marlins, but he's been comfortably over 800 OPS for four years way above last two seasons he's been way above league average I 
you look at those two and you think, well, they're the t- like they're they're similar players basically in this market, aren't they? Is like if if you want the bat first outfielder, you go for one of them. One of them doesn't have a draft pick, and there's concerns about Castellanos's free agency because of because of his defense. So I, I just yeah. don't know what I don't know where it's going to finish there's, for Zuna. This is quite crowded in the corner outfield market, to be honest, and um, with good not great players as well. Yeah, it's like. But that is the level that, like we were saying, that's the level of players that's the ones that make the difference, aren't they? Yeah. It's, like it's not obvious which one you should go for. But one I'd like to talk about, actually, um, is Corey Dickerson, who I think is incredibly underrated. Oh, uh, yeah, because he's, he's been playing for the Pirates and no one cares about the Pirates. <laughs> well, then he went to Phillies, didn't he? And he wasn't... I don't, was he not great for the Phillies or something? Well, it was also was as, as they were, it was as they were dying off. Though, yeah, wasn't it? but he was really good for the Phillies. So he didn't play. I think he had maybe he had injury problems last year, but he played seventy-eight games and had an OPS of nine oh six. And for the two years before that, he's had an OPS of um, eight hundred each year. Gold Glove winner in twenty eighteen, like still a really good defender. Like, I don't understand why he he never seems to people never seem to get like excited about him. Like, I I think it's I just think a market any, thing. Any team that needs a that needs a corner outfielder, I think that would almost be my pick out of the available ones at the moment. Do you, I, th- I think it's well, just a market. I think it's just he was at Tampa and then he went to yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's probably it. But I mean, I, I it, if we tie it back to Azuna, um, I think Azuna may well go end up going back to the Cardinals. Maybe not quite as embarrassingly as Trumbo did, but I think it could end up on a one-year. I'm going to try and prove it thing. Dickerson, yeah. literally, is a case of isn't he just like? Shouldn't everyone be in for him? Yeah, he's just. I mean, pretty much, he's pretty just much solid across the like, board. The thing I really yeah, liked it, as well that we've we've talked about endlessly before is how he's he's basically well since he's actually been good. Um, well, actually, he's been good most of his career actually as a hitter. But um, 2017-2018, he basically had just com- completely different sorts of seasons. Well, not completely different, but they're quite different years. Um, yeah. And basically just changed the sort of player he was, which I quite like. I mean, it shows he's like flexible. I mean, because all the, um, I don't know, the the mental stuff, which I think is massive for any sport. But or in baseball as well, um, and obviously we don't really know much about these guys. I think that shows something about that is that I don't know that he's that he's adaptable as well. You know he yeah he was um, well. I mean I don't know, I don't actually know why he changed the sort of player he is, but I guess it's worked for him because basically it's, people that don't know. So 2017 for the Rays, he hit 27 home runs, 152 strikeouts. OPS of 8.15. Um, then 2018, he had uh, only 13 home runs, so like half as many. Also only 80 strikeouts, so almost half as many strikeouts. And batted 300 on the year and won a gold glove. So basically became like a contacting defender. And his well, OPS was almost the same. Yeah, his That's OPS was thing. almost exactly the same. It, his OP- OPS plus was the same, but he just had a completely different profile. That, that yeah. just doesn't happen. No. That's what's so weird about that is the number of hours I've spent trawling through P 
people's lines you never ever see someone who just at some point in their career decide i'm not going to strike out anymore and i don't want to hit as many home runs and he just stopped yeah i'm not I, it's fine i'm going to strike out like pretty much half as much okay i mean it's just it's phenomenal skill to be able to do that yeah last year was well last year he played like half a year but he seemed to have more power because he had 12 home runs in half a, se- half a season um and started low Lost. strikeouts and batted over 300 again. He was ridiculous last year. Yeah, in the in the half season he played. I mean, he was on like 110 strikeout pace, give or take. Yeah. But like say, batted over 300. Pretty good. Yeah. Also walked at a higher lick than he did in 2018. Yeah, he's like one of... He's one of my, um, my guys, I suppose. He, he's so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm always on the Corey Dickerson um, bandwagon, even though no one else is. I don't know where he's going to end up. I mean, um, we'll try and avoid going down a rabbit hole with this, but I think the Giants are the sort of team that could end up going for him. Yeah, I'd I'd love him at the Giants. Because he's Um, he's actually a good defender as well, whereas most of the others on the list aren't. Well, you've got like Alvaro Garcia as a good defender. Um, I guess Puig sort of is, but Puig is just... Talking about the, the um, you know the me- the mental side of it, I suppose you know of the attitude and stuff and um, that sort of thing. Is Corey Dickerson has basically been consistent and adaptable, and Puig is just like constantly up and down, and just sort of slightly um, you know, it's a little a little bit insane, isn't he? Yeah. So I mean, it's, yeah. If you, you're getting Puig, like you don't don't really know, from my opinion, whether you're going to get good Puig or bad Puig. Because I mean, good Puig is really be really better good. than Corey Dickerson if you get a good year out of him. But he's not actually done that very often. No, like when he was at last Dodgers, year, he was bad for ages, wasn't he? Start doing that consistently. Because he had, um, yeah, he had basically had, he's had a couple like had a couple of good years at Dodgers and then some like below average and yeah he's just well, it's actually the start of his career basically the, his career trajectory is not good no he's just tailed off he, second he start... rookie of the year in his rookie year, season yeah all, and then all star and then he's not been not anywhere, been anywhere near as good yeah yeah um he, the outfield market is kind of weird i mean in center field you've just got sort of nothing You've got Jared Dyson, who someone will pick up, and he'll just do Jared Dyson stuff. Probably off a bench. Yeah. I would have um, and then the corner spots, like you say, there's sort of the, there's, there's the lot lot of great deal, is there actually? Well, I think there's there's a lot of good players that could make a big difference. Avisel Garcia like, is another one who's yeah, picking picking the right one. So it's like Azuna, um, Dickerson. Avisel Garcia, Castellanos. Um, I mean, Cole Calhoun's there. Puig as well. Yeah, Puig. Don't, don't miss out Puig. So that's like six. Six that are like, you know, any if they have a good year, that you know, you, you could see them being all-stars next year. But I'm not giving any of them more than two years. No, you're not. You're not probably not giving them uh, big... Well, even Castellanos. At 28. Uh, maybe it depends. If, if I'm an American League team with a spot of DH, I might. 
I, I reckon. I, I, if I you don't trust if you're him. Not giving him more, um, more than two years. You're not getting him. Yeah, I think you're probably going to get outbid. Sometimes you have to, you have to give more years than you think they're actually productive, just to get them, don't you? Yeah, I'm not sure how many teams that's going to be sensible for, though. That's the thing, because so many teams yeah. are currently working on a tight budget. Um, so I don't know. If you take like the Cardinals as an example, they've got loads of money committed. Um, their, their payroll is already quite high. The Cubs are refusing to spend any money. The Brewers, I just don't think, should take that sort of risk with their financial situation. Um, it's somewhat like no, the Rockies have already got a right fielder who can't defend, so they're not going to do it. The Cubs. Uh, no, I just said that they're not. They don't want to spend. They're trying to yeah. cut costs. No, they've been in budget, budget management they, mode. So they're giving up, are they? Well, not quite. They're just messing yeah. about. Um, they're, they're not saying they're giving up, obviously, because they wouldn't. But I mean, they're not winning World they, Series. They can't roster, are they? they but they did. They that, did this the middle of last yeah. season, didn't they? They that, said about that, that not wanting to spend. Thing. Remember that dynasty that was going to happen? Yeah. And they they absolutely messed it up, didn't they? Yeah, so I, they won a they won a championship, but but it was one, and they've was they've won, not and they've not really been close since. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's basically. And it seems it. like it might be a long time until they're close again. And Globa Torres is incredibly good. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a the, you could do a whole podcast on the the fallout from that trade, but we've probably already done multiple. Yeah, but I, my point was, I, I just I don't know where in the National League I'd be like, I think that deal really makes sense for them. Because you've either got teams... I think cause the they, Giants will get one of those. Not that which it makes one? that much sense. Of of who? Um, the Those those outfielders. Corner, girl, corner outfielder guys. One of those six, but probably, probably not Azuna, because... I don't think they'll do the qualifying offer. No, they won't do they that. Wouldn't. But that's the exact um, example of what we're saying with Azuna. Yeah. Is about why you shouldn't take it. I mean, it. he's got a qualifying offer over him. And the fact that, um, well, I've just grouped him in with these other guys. Who don't have a qualifying like, offer. Yeah, and, and want less those money. other guys are not getting 18 million a year, are they? No. Um, I think just turned that down. <laughs> yeah, this is a it's... very strange one. <laughs> yeah. And at the moment, uh, even if he didn't have a qualifying offer... I think he's less less attractive than most of the others. To be honest. Yeah, and he's got Boras and draft picks attached to him. Yeah, I, that's what that's what I wanted to talk about him is. I think he's he's a really because he was fringe MVP contention uh, three seasons ago. That massive trade. He's been a bit up and down and had to go through some injuries at the Cardinals. And now you're looking at it and it's like. I don't know what's going to happen to him. I think a, like ending up back at the Cardinals on not a huge amount seems quite likely. Just yeah. because I, I would, you, which front office is going to give up draft picks to get Marcel Azuna? I don't. I really don't know who's going to do that. No, who's who are the teams that really need to like win? Well, yeah, there aren't that many. Not got farm and stuff in there. There is well, at the moment, is there? Everyone's over the last couple of years has sort of transitioned into the managing sensibly. Or they've won. So like the yeah, Red Sox just... would have been in that bracket. They'd have a farm. But they're actually talking about getting their payroll down. And they've just yeah. won a title. So they're not under that sort of pressure. You would say the Dodgers, but they just don't work like that. 
Yeah. They, I mean, there was that tweet from John Heyman the other day that said the Dodgers. How much the Dodgers are worth? What like more than a whole continent or something? I know it's yeah, they're interested in Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg. Well, okay, cool. Yeah, it's the thing with the Dodgers is they can do those moves, but they also are now doing, as they have been for a while, doing the clever moves. They do yeah. the smaller moves well, and also have the money to just go and sign the biggest free agent available. Oh. Um, I know I've got an answer to you, what we were just talking about, actually. There's a team that I'm about to write an article I, about. I think I just thought of one as well. Is it the same one? Oh, there might be, they're both, they're, there's two and they're in the same division. I've just, I've just thought. Okay, what's yours? I think Rangers and Angels. Oh, the Angels actually is a good point. They're both big the market Angels teams. The Angels are going to spend, aren't they? The Angels are going to keep spending. I mean, I actually saw something from Mike Trout the other day. don't know what, what it was. Exactly. Get like me some what, bloody teammates. Yeah, basically that. <laughs> he basically said that. He said he was. He said something like he was looking forward to uh, to picking up the phone to hear about their new free agent signings or something. I mean, Castellanos, Castellanos to the Angels seems a good. Yeah, maybe. Um, I um. I, I, I think the Rangers, the, Rangers the, going to their new ballpark, the are going to make some splash. Rockies. The Rockies. That's just what they do, isn't it? It's going to be completely pointless. But they just signed Arenado to an extension. Because it seemed like Arenado might be leaving and it was like, okay, now it's like urgency, they've got to compete. But what they'd been doing is just sort of signing, signing like a big name free agent or two for, you know, like quite a big contract, but not a huge one. Um, and then them getting in the way of their young players. And I'll probably, I guess, I'm guessing I'll do that again. They seem to sign like a reasonably big free agent like most seasons. They should have signed Yasmani Grandal, to be honest. Yeah. That was that that was the one for them, I think. But they're, they're going to sign... They'll sign like Avisel Garcia or something. That wouldn't be too bad. No. That would be relatively but okay also, for them. Point? Sort of. It's like, he's just... He's going to, like... He's going to take... He's probably going to... They're going to play him, sign him, because he's on more money. They're going to, like, platoon him and David Dahl or something. Um... And then, yeah, it's just going to be stupid. Yeah, well... That's what I reckon they're going to do. The, yeah, they just need the, <laughs> quite a lot of their players to be better, don't they? I know that sounds yeah. very reductive, but it's, it is pretty much that simple. It's like, you've got guys who you're committed to. Either they're, they're prospects who they're going to not just discard now, or they've got like Daniel Murphy as well. Yeah. Just don't be rubbish, pretty much. They need to. They need to, like we said many times, dish out the plate appearances intelligently. But they also need their players that are meant to be good, not to be bad. It's yeah, hard to be. Murphy wasn't great, was he last year? No, it's very hard to be good at baseball not, not if you've got players that are meant to be good. No, he was pretty terrible. Um, Do you remember what I said about him? Well, he's going to win MVP. Yeah, I said he's going to win MVP. <laughs> yeah, he might. He was uh, closer to least valuable player than most valuable he might, player. He's going to win MVP this year, I reckon. What, in his age 35 season? Yeah. I mean, it could happen. If they had, you know, if they had, like, what, what, like, the Nationals' Daniel Murphy, you know, when he was at the Nationals, when he was, like, um, like Good. three years ago or something. Yeah. If they had that Daniel Murphy playing at Coors Field, he'd, he'd be, like, unanimous MVP. He'd hit like 40 home runs and bat like 340. 
Well, in fact, there was one year when he batted three four seven playing for the Nationals, so he yeah, could he could he could threaten yeah. the the four hundred season if he batted like that. The course field, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've got five minutes um, left, by the way. Um, Why well, are there any other players we should was... mention? Oh, we've not been to the relief market mainly because it's at the bottom of my page. Okay, so we talk about relief pitches. Yeah, do you have anything interesting to say about relief pitches? Um, Drew Pomeranz. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I I agree. Yes, he He's... he might be the most valuable on the market now. Yeah, which is mental because the Braves have decided to take the good ones. They've just decided we're going to have them. Which yeah. is really good stuff, by the way. I'm very impressed with that they just did that. Yeah, they've, they, they're not hanging around, are they? No, I we need... a good way to do it. We need relief arms. We've got the relief arms. Yeah, as we were saying, like, most of last year, wasn't it, with them, is they, um... That was their one weakness. They traded for, like, two of the biggest ones uh, at the deadline. And then signed... How many have they signed? Like, three... Did you see? Yeah, because they Darren O'Day was injured. Was it all yeah. awful? Almost all of last year, and they they got him back as well, as well as Smith and Martin. Yeah. Well, Drew Pomeranz. Um, yeah, he could actually be, I know, legitimately good as a relief pitcher. Like, you know, one of those. Well, one he's of not those, a tiny sample, is it? No. I mean, that's it's quite that's, a big sample. And, and, even in a small sample, he looked un- unstoppable. That's how the Giants actually managed to get something for him when he'd been terrible all year. He had three relief appearances, was it? And basically no one could touch the ball. And yeah, like, it was... struck everybody out. Yeah, I mean, um, he might... He should... I uh, don't know if should's the right word. Because it's still he, yeah, it's still a relief pitcher and it's a relief ha- pitcher on a Left-hander as well, though. Um, well, I think he will get paid. I, I'm, yeah. I think multiple years for him... Like a... Like a two and fifteen or something ridiculous yeah, isn't it possible? Happen. Because he, like, yeah, the how high in, was, um, left yeah, left hand is like, it was mainly it was mainly only since the deadlines. It was like the last two months of the season. Even though it's not not that much, he, he just looked just from just watching him and stuff. Well, I mean, his stats also say the same story really, but just looked unbeatable. He's also massively helped out by Will Smith going so early. Yeah. So Jake Diekman's still available as well, but you're basically like anyone who wants a lefty, which is always a common thing, isn't it? Every, like if, everyone needs like more lefties. The, even at the deadline, it's like well, like the Dodgers uh, this year, this season just gone, wasn't it? And there's there's always a couple of the big teams that are like got an absolutely loaded roster. They've got a really good bullpen, and it's just like oh, oh yeah, we do we, the lefty. We want, yeah, we, we can want always a, do the lefty. A back-end left-hander. And it's like yeah. we don't know what else to get. So it's like oh, we'll get a. We'll get a really good left-handed, um, like closer to go with our right-handed one. Yeah, that's just like whether it's necessary thing. or not. Yes, yeah, so, because so basically those guys, um, they fit on any team really, don't they? Like yeah, really good left-handed uh, relief pitchers. I mean, any, I was, anyone yeah. could always do with another dominant left-hander out the pen. Or yeah, it's the thing with the relief market is it's kind of you can't really speculate about it. Unless you're talking about the really big names, because only certain teams are really going to do that. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, most team, like every team would be better if they had Drew Pomeranz instead of whoever their second left is. Yeah, I think we need to wrap up now. Yeah, we've covered so, uh, a lot. Yeah, there's it, most of the free agency stuff. We'll probably do some more. Oh, yeah, we'll when, try and get one done in the next. Happens. 
in the next week or two. It, yeah, it really depends on when anything moves, or if there are at least big rumors. I think we should try and yeah, yeah, hear that. But there's really not been anything yet. No. Yeah, we'll, we'll just try and keep this up over the the long grind of the baseball off season. Maybe yes, even more but... of a grind than the actual season. Yeah, incredibly slow moving. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, see you. Listen, uh, no, I'll speak. You listen next time. Goodbye. Bye.